Toward the end of Parashat Tvarim, Moshe Rabbeinu relates the conquest of Sichon and Og, the victories against Sichon and Og, and the conquest of their of their of, of their areas, their armies. So, with regard to Og, it says Vanefen Vanal Derech Habashan Og Habashan So Og came out to meet us in battle. Hashem said, Altiro, so don't be afraid of Og. I have given him and his nation and his land into your hands. You shall do to him, you will do to him like you did to Sichon, you'll annihilate him. And sure enough, Hashem gave Og into our hands as well. We were victorious over him. We smote him. We conquered all his territory, etc., etc. And then it describes how how fearsome Og was. It says that Og was Og was a uh, apparently a terrifying, daunting individual. Og was the last of the Rifaim. so eres barzel. His bed is an, was an, is an iron bed. Halohi barabat Amon is. It's in the area of Rabba of Bnei Amon. Teisha Amos Arka, it is nine Amos long, the bed. Ve'arba Amos Rachba, and it is four Amos wide. Ve'amas Ish, what kind of Amos? The Amos of a person. There are a number of difficulties with this Pasuk. First of all, Eris. Eris is a curious word. Eris means bed, according to most commentaries, but we have a more common word for bed, Mita. What, what exactly is an eris? Eris is sometimes used to mean cradle, other places used to mean bed, but what exactly is the choice of, you, uh, is the, choice of the word eris? Does it mean a cradle, a child's cradle, an adult bed here? Why are we describing the size of Og's bed as opposed to the size of Og himself? Maybe they, maybe they had the bed as an artifact, so it was kind of concrete evidence of his, of his uh, dimensions. What is Amas Ish? What, what, what does that phrase mean, Amas Ish? The Torah uses Amas in other contexts, the Mishkan particularly, the Teva, describes how many Amas they were, never says anything about, about what kind of Amas. They're Amas. They're, they're, you know what an Amas is. Why here all of a sudden do we have a reference to Amas Ish? So as we'll see, the various commentaries take various approaches to these questions, and broadly speaking, we're going to see there are two very different approaches to Og Melech Habasha. There is an opinion of the Midrash, which we'll discuss soon, that Og was really, really tall. Dozens or hundreds of Amas tall. A normal Amas, dozens or hundreds of feet tall. There is the opinion of some of the other Rishonim who explain more down-to-earth in a more naturalistic way, that Og was indeed a giant, much larger than ordinary men, but not dozens of times as tall, merely a couple of times as tall. He was about six amas tall instead of three amas, of normal height of a person. The, the approaches of the various commentaries to these psukim fit more or less into one, of those, into one of these two general categories, as we'll explain. Beginning with Onkelos, Targum Onkelos, Onkelos translates the phrase, Be'amas Ish, Be'amas Malach, the Amma of the King. What exactly does that mean, the Amma of the King? So, the Ramban explains, Unklus. The Ramban says that who is the King? What, what, what does it mean, what does it mean, Amma of the King? So, the Ramban says, 
Lamas ish hagadol b'nei adam. Ish means the superlative man, the largest man. That 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 that, that, that that's his own chat first before Unculus. That it just means uh, a man on the larger side. Unculus, however, says Bamas ish means Bamas ha'ish. Unculus understood that the that mas ish means the ama again of the man, the, the one particular man. Which man? The man. Who is the man? The king is the man. That's why he says Bamas malach. Who does that mean? Who is the king? Kolomar Bamas og atzmo. Og's own ama. So og was. Og's bed was nine amas by four amas in his own amas, the ama of, of that man, the man. The man is the Og, Og himself. Og's bed was nine by four amas of Amas Og. And that is Rashi's Pshat as well. Rashi says, what is Bamas Ish? Rashi simply has two words, Bamas Og. Og was, Og's bed was nine by four amas of his own amas. Now, the Ramah Mifano in a tshuva, which we'll discuss more soon, Ramanach Mazariah Mifano, about four, four, 400 years ago or so, four or 500 years ago, Ramami Fano says that when Uncle said, Ba'amas Ish, Ba'amas Malach, the Amma of the King, he doesn't mean Og's actual Amma. The, the Amma is, is, a, is a measure of length, a unit of length that means roughly from the finger to the middle finger to the elbow, general Amma. So it doesn't mean the King's particular arm. That's not what Amas Melech means. He understands the Targum to be saying. It means the Amma, the official Amma, the Amma that the King's Bureau of Standards established as the official Amma. So the Amma of the King means the royal Amma, the Amma as, as designated by the King, by the government, as the, as the standard Amma. That's all it means. It doesn't mean maybe Og was the first King who, had, uh, who instituted, established the measure of a standard Amma. But some people thought that, that it meant Amas Gufo, it meant Og's actual Amma. That, that's not correct, he says. It means Amas Nimusav, it means the Amma that Og has le- had legislated. But the, but the, so I'm not sure if the Ramban is learning like this or not, but Rashi, certainly the way Rashi is understood by the, by the later commentaries, Rashi understood, that's not what it means, Rashi understood this other chat, Bamas Og meant Og's own Amas. That Og's bed was nine Amas long and four Amas wide, not the standard Amma, which is between one and a half and two feet, depending on different, diff, different opinions. Og's bed was nine by four of his own Amas. Ibn Ezra understood Rashi like this, that Amas, that Amas Og meant Og's own Amas, which were not standard Amas. Ibn Ezra disagrees. Ibn Ezra says, Ba'amas kol adam. Amas ish means regular Amma. Why does it say Amas ish? Then why doesn't it just say Amma like the rest of the Torah? I don't know. But the, maybe Dafka, maybe, maybe according to Ibn Ezra, just the opposite of Rashi. Don't think it means his own Amas. It means regular Amas. He was, he was nine, nine by four Amas is dead by regular Amas. But either way, Ibn Ezra disagrees with Rashi and says, Ba'amas kol adam, not Amas og. And... According to this pshat, Ibn Ezra says he was about twice the height of a regular person. A regular person is about three amas. I'll tell us that. So Ibn Ezra says, according to what I think the correct pshat on the Pasuk is, that Og's bed was nine by four amas. A person, is, as, we'll, as we'll discuss in more detail soon, a person is not quite as long as his bed. Usually you want some space. Uh, bed should be longer than you. So if Og's bed was nine amas, so then the Og himself would have been about six amas, let's say. So Og would have been twice as tall as a regular person. Says Ibn Ezra, Veloyi talking to say like Rashi, Rashi cannot be correct that it means his own Amos. Ibn Ezra has two questions. His first question is, Maba Kosov Lamed. It's circular. They're telling you that he was, his bed was nine of his own Amos. Well, if you don't know how big he was, you don't know how big his bed was. So he could have been tiny also. He was nine, his bed was nine of his own Amos. So, so, so what, what are we telling you? What, what, how is that useful information to know that Og was nine of his own Amos? Vaod. 
that's not humanoid proportions at all. I saw one interpretation of this Ibn Ezra, that Ibn Ezra is objecting he would have been just too big to be a normal human. seems to me what Ibn Ezra means is that the proportions are out of whack. A person is three amas tall. Some say it means three amas without the head, but a person is three amas tall, five, six feet tall. And, and his amas is, is one amas, two feet. But if Og's was, if, if Og was, his bed was nine, if you're going to say, okay, so he was eight or six, he was, he had, you know, shorts, he's either super tall or, or compared to his stubby little arms. Like, that, that, those are not humanoid proportions. So not only is Rashi not giving you a, a, uh, a, a way to figure out how tall he was, his proportions were out of whack, were, were, were not normal compared to normal humans. Rebelio Mizrahi says that, yeah, that, well, that's exactly the point. He says, first of all, why did Rashi learn like this? Why didn't Rashi learn that Og was... That Og was not, that Og was uh, like Ibn Ezra, that he was just about twice the height of a person, his nine ordinary Amas is bad, and he was you know, eight or six Amas, says, says the Mizrahi, because Rashi did not accept that he was only twice the height of a normal person, because the Ramadrashim, the Midrash of Iraq, which we'll get to in a moment, which indicates that he, that indicates that he was much, much taller than that. What about, we'll discuss this Midrash in a minute, but what about Ibn Ezra's Kashas on Rashi? Ibn Ezra says it's, it's circular. Says the Mizrahi, no, that's exactly the point. We're telling you that Og was scary. Og was a monster. He, he didn't look human. Og, Og's proportions were a regular person who was four of his own amas, he says, and this person was ten of his own amas. His bed was nine, so he was eight. So he was, uh, that's exactly what the Torah is telling you, that his proportions were monstrous. He was, he, he was a freak. He was not normal. That, that's what the Torah is telling you, that, that, that Og was a, uh, not a normal person at all. Mizrahi doesn't explain what the significance of Og not being shaped like a normal person was. But many years ago, I had an idea, which I was very proud of. About 100 years ago, there was a famous essay published by the, by the distinguished naturalist, uh, scientist, uh, an expert on, uh, on, on zoology, J.B.S. Haldane. He wrote an essay called On Being the Right Size. Basically, the, the, essay, the essay discusses why different creatures, the body plans of different creatures, exist only in particular sizes. In science fiction, we have bugs the size of people, but in the real world, there are no such things. There are no bugs the size of people. There's, uh, there's an expression, if pigs had wings, they could fly. Actually, no, if pigs had wings, they could not fly. Haldane points out birds are a certain size, for good reason. Bugs are a certain size for good reason. Horses are a certain size for good reason. Haldane is a very good writer. He, he begins his essay, the most obvious differences between different animals are differences of size. But for some reason, the, the zoologists have paid singularly little attention to them. In a large textbook of zoology before me, I find no indication that the eagle is larger than the sparrow. They, they discuss the eagle, they discuss the sparrow, how they work, what they do, what they eat. But you have, no, you have no real indication that they're different sizes. And as far as, as, far as you know, for the description, eagle could be small and the sparrow could be huge. Size is not really paid much attention to. Or the hippopotamus bigger than the hare. Though some grudging admissions are made in the case of the mouse and the whale. But uh, Haldane goes on, it is easy to show, yet it is easy to show that a hare could not be as large as a hippopotamus. Or a whale as small as a herring. For every type of animal there is the most convenient size. And a large change in size inevitably carries with it a change of form. For example, he gives numerous examples, but let's say pigs and wings. Birds fly, they have to be small, because if they're too heavy, then they, they can't fly. You can't just say, well, it has bigger wings also, so it can fly, because it's not true. M- many of Haldane's examples are based on what scientists today call the square cube law. 
that when you multiply all the dimensions of a three-dimensional object by, by the same factor, you double all the dimensions, so the weight goes up by eight, so the cube of the, of the dimensions. If something is twice as tall and twice as long and twice as wide, so it's two times two times two is eight. So the, so the, the volume goes up by eight. Three-dimensional volume goes up by eight, goes up by a factor of eight, and that means the weight would go up by a factor of eight. But other aspects of the anatomy do not go up by, by the cube, they go up by the square. So, for example, as Haldane is going to explain in a moment, the strength of a bone. If you have a bone, and you multiply all the dimensions of the bone by two, so how much stronger is the bone going to be? He says that the strength of the bone depends on the cross-section of the bone, not the length. A longer bone is not stronger. A thicker bone is stronger. A longer bone, it might be longer, but it's not stronger. So the, the strength of a bone goes up only by, the, by, 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 the fact, by a factor of four. If you multiply the dimensions by two, so the, only the second power, and the, and the weight goes up by the third power. So with wings, again, I, I don't know the math of the wings, but the wings, again, the volume is going up, the weight is going up by eight. The, the power of the wings, I'm not sure by what it goes up by. But with the, with the giants, Haldane considers giants, he says, he says, if you have a monster, if you have a monster who's ten times as tall as a human, he's also, and if you assume everything goes up in proportion, he's also ten times as wide and ten times as long, he's a thousand times as, uh, as heavy as a person. But the cross-section of the bone is only a hundred times as strong because it only goes up by the square of the dimensions. So a bone can't, can't hold that much weight. So the person would, the giant would collapse, he says. So, that, so, so the same thing could have been true with Og as well. That if, if Og, we're going to discuss the idea of Chazal, of Rashi, that Og was hundreds of amas tall. So if, if he was, let's say, if he was, let's say, a um, hundred times the, the dimensions of a person, so then his weight would have been a million times the dimensions of a person, and the strength of his bones would have only been 10,000 times as much of a person. He would have just collapsed into jelly. His bones would have just shattered and broken, and he would have collapsed into a, a pile of pudding. There's no, uh, he, he couldn't possibly have functioned. Of course, we're assuming that Og you know, followed Derech if, if, if you learn it was a nace, then Shem could do whatever he wants in terms of miracles. My father would, would relate to us that when he was in yeshiva, so someone raised the question, the, it says that in certain times in history, the sun, Hashem has given dome. Hashem stopped the sun. Uh, today, we know that the earth goes around the sun. The earth, the earth uh, revolves around the sun, rotates on its axis. So stopping the sun, so stopping the sun really means stopping the earth's rotation. But if the earth is spinning and you stop the rotation, then the forces of inertia should cause everything, to, everything on the surface to go flying off into space. So how come that didn't happen? So my father was proud of his answer. You know, the same, if you were God, the same power that you have to stop the Earth's rotation, you can also cause things to uh, stay where they belong and not go rocketing off into space. So if you assume that Og, as a, as a super giant, was just an ace, anything could happen, but if you assume, as, as we shut him off and do, that things that Hashem does things largely then it makes a lot of sense that Og could not have been in the same proportions as a human. He would have had to have much much thicker limbs, or somehow a thinner body, or a... Uh, so I don't know exactly how that worked for the length of the limbs, but maybe, maybe part of his altered anatomical plan was that he, he, he had to have been in freakish proportions. He couldn't have been in normal humanoid portions. If he was really super tall, he would have had to be designed differently in order to function, as per Haldane. So maybe that, that's all part of Og's freakishness. It wasn't just a coincidence. Og had to be freakish compared to a human, because otherwise his body simply wouldn't have functioned. As Haldane says, you, you have to be the right size. You can't just scale up a body plan and expect it to work if you scale it up to, uh, to dozens of times larger.
Okay. But anyway, Ibn Ezra says that he was owned that, Ibn Ezra says that Og was only about twice the height of a person. Rashi, based on a midrash, which we'll get to soon, Rashi says that he was actually, he was nine of his own amos, his bed was nine of his own amos, but Rashi means he was much, much larger than Mizrahi explains in order to reconcile the Pasuk with uh, the picture of O given by Chazal. Before we get to Chazal, we'll just mention that the Rambam also, like Ibn Ezra, Rambam also understands that Og was not really some kind of super giant. Og was tall, he was much taller than a regular person, but also he was only six of his own amos, not, uh, he was only six regular amos, not six of his own amos. The, the Rambam says in Mar Nevuchim, he says it's important to understand that the Torah sometimes uses exaggerated language, guzma, he says, however, that's not the case, and he gives examples, but it's not the case in our Pasuk, he says. When the Torah describes Og, it's Og's bed was nine amas tall. Eris just means bed, the Rambam says. He brings other Pesukim where, where, where Eris means bed. Afar Ra'anana. He says, a person's bed, as we saw before, the Mizrahi is larger than him. It's not exactly his height. He says, the Eris, he says, is, is larger. Approximately, he says, it's, a, it's shlish arko, the, that, 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 that the bed is 50% more than the height. The bed constitutes a third of the, 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 that the, 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 the excess bed is about a third of the total bed, meaning the person occupies two-thirds of the bed, and empty space is about a third. So if the bed was nine amas long, then the, the person would have been six amas, like Ibn Ezra says, kafal the size of a person, or a little bit longer, he says. And uh, says, says the Rambam, so amas ish means amas adam benoni, not amas og. Amas ish means a normal person's amma. Again, why the Torah singles out amas ish here and nowhere else, I don't know. But, uh, and, and he argues because, again, because we know the limbs of a person are typically in the proper proportion to his height. So he says, he says the, it says og was, it says og was twice as long as, 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 as og was twice as long as an ordinary person. He says, not, not that it means his own amas, his, his limbs were in proportion to himself. He says, and that's, that's, he says, it's rare, it's rare for someone to be twice as tall. If an average person is five and a half, six feet, it's rare for someone to be twice that height, he says. But it's not impossible, meaning if he was 600 amas tall, as Chazal seems to have assumed, as we'll get to soon, that would be just completely out of, impossible without an ace. That's out of the question, he says. There are no humans who are 600 amas tall. But twice as tall as a person you know, six amas tall, that's reasonable, he says. It's pretty tall. He's saying he was, you know, nine to twelve feet as a pretty tall guy. But it's, it's rare, he says, but it's not impossible. So, so Ibn Ezra and Ramban, I'm sorry, Ibn Ezra and Rambam say that Og's, the amas here mean regular amas, and he was about twice as tall as a normal person. Rashi and perhaps Unclus say it's amas og, amas melach. If, if we don't learn like Ramifano, if we learn, if we learn the targum amas melach means like Rashi, six, that he, the, bed was, the bed was nine of his own amas, and, I mean, and he could have been much larger. The Torah is not telling you, it's giving you a circular definition, it's not telling you how large he was. It could have been, he could have been much, much larger. As, we, as we've been saying, as the Mizrahi said, that is the opinion of Chazal. Chazal had various midrashim about the height of Og, and according to these midrashim, Og was much, much taller than a mere six Amos. Og was hundreds of Amos tall, or even thousands of Amos tall. The Gemara and Brachas brings a brisa. It says that when a person sees the artifacts or places related to, to, to certain famous miracles, a person is required to litain hodav ishvach makam. A person has, when a person encounters the, the sites of certain miracles, he has to thank Hashem for performing us performing these miracles and saving us from harm. What what are the examples? Mabros Hayam, the places where they cross the sea, the Yamsuf, 
Kriyas Yamsuf, Mabros Ayarden, where the Jews cross the Yarden when they enter Eretz Canaan and Sefer Yeshua, Mabros Nachle Arnon, a place of the crossings of the river of Arnon, Avne Al Gavish, Murad Beis Haron, the hailstones of Al Gavish, and also the Evan Shabikesh Lizrak Og Melchabash and Al Yisrael, and the stone that Og attempted to cast down onto the Jewish encampment. The stone that Moshe sat on, that, uh, that, and he, when Yeshua was leading the battle against the Molech, the Ishta Shalot, the wife of Lot, who turned into a pillar of salt, the walls of Yericho that were swallowed up and then placed by the ground. On all these cases, a person has to give Hodav Shvach of Some of these are obvious things that are referenced explicitly in the Psukim, like Kriyas Yamsuf and the Yardane, Eshes Lot. Some of these are not, in the, not explicit in the Pesukim. And in particular, this thing about Evan Shabikesh Lizrak Og Melchabash and Yisrael, Og wanted to cast down a giant stone on Yisrael and his plot, his plot was foiled. That is nowhere in the Pesukim. The Gemara itself acknowledges that. The Gemara says, where does that come from? Gemara Gemirila. It's not based on Pesukim. It's based, uh, it, is a tra- it is a tradition, a Midrashic tradition that Chazal had. The Gemara elaborates, Amar Og said, Machne Yisrael Kamahavi. How big is what are the dimensions of the encampment of the Jews? Plus a parsi, three parsa. A parsa is four mil. A mil is two thousand amas. This is the famous share of twelve thousand amas, the size of the encampment of the Jews in the desert. A figure that's relevant in the laws of Trum Shabbos and relevant to the laws of Erevin. So the Jews are twelve thousand amas. Again, an amas between one and a half and two feet. That's between eighteen and twenty-four thousand feet. So on the order of uh, on the order of three, three, four miles long, three or four miles long, uh, three, three to five miles long, Og said, I will terminate these pests in one doomsday act. Ezel ve'yakar terabas plus a parse, I will pick up a mountain that is three parsa in dimensions. Vashdiel, I'll toss this, uh, I'll toss this doomsday mountain on top of them. Victorino, they'll all be dead. He did so, Uzzel, he tried to do so, Uzzel Akratura Batzla Bartlas of Parsi. He took the, he took, he found a mountain, he uprooted it, a mountain that was three parts along, miles long, this mountain, the Isiel Reshe. He carried it on his head. He wanted to lift it up high, I guess, and cast it down. Uh, maybe it was heavy, even for him, he carried it on his head. The Isi Kuchabrichu Alei Kamsi Vinakvua. Hakash Baruch, who foiled his plot, he brought grasshoppers to, uh, to, to, to north through the rock. And it created a hole, like a donut hole, like a necklace in the middle of the rack. But Nachis Betzavre, in the rack, he was, he was carrying on his head, the, the grasshoppers carved out a hole in the middle, so the rack came down around his neck, like a tire, like a necklace. Oak tried to wrestle the mountain off his neck and pick it up and take it off. So Hashem made his teeth, his teeth grow on one side and the other side. His teeth grew out and extended, so they locked the mountain into place. He couldn't get the mountain off. This, this the Gemara relates to a pasuk Shine Rishayim Shibarta. You broke the teeth of the Rishayim. We darshin Sherivavta. You made the teeth grow long to lock in the mountain. So now Og was trapped. He couldn't get the mountain off his head. He might have been uh, hobbled by carrying the heavy mountain. So Moshe leaped up and killed him. How did Moshe kill him? Moshe was how long? How tall? Ten amas tall. So again, fifteen twenty feet. Very tall, t- taller even than Og, according to Ibn Ezra and uh, Rambam. Moshe was ten amas tall. Shakil Nargab, our Esher Amen. Moshe grabbed an axe that was ten amas tall, and he carried it, and he swung it apparently above his head, it sounds like. Shavar Esher Amen. He leaped ten amas up into the air. So he's reaching, the Midrash seems to be saying, he reached about 30 amas off the ground. He was ten amas tall, the axe was ten amas, he leaped ten amas in the air. 
Where did he strike Og after this? After all this air he got, after all this space off the ground, Machye bekarsule vekatle struck Og in the ankle. So thirty amos off the ground, he hit Og in the ankle. I once tried to calculate if his ankle was thirty amos, so how tall would that make him? Assuming he was in the same proportions as a human, before I suggested he wasn't, but assuming he was in the same proportions as a human. So I, I think I, I, I was assuming there's a factor of about 20. I tried measuring my ankle. How, how does it compare to the rest of my height? Anyway, it sounds like Og was hundreds of amas tall. He could carry a mountain three amas, uh, th- th- three, three <coughs> parsa wide. So Og was huge. His ankle, Moshe, Moshe, 30 amas reached his ankle. So Og was clearly hundreds of, hundreds of amas tall. Another Gemara, Gemara in Nida. It says, Abashol, some say Rabbi Yochanan, it says, once I was chasing a tzvi, a deer or a gazelle, I was chasing a tzvi, and I entered, I entered inside the thigh bone of, uh, of the remains of a human. A giant thigh bone I actually fit inside. For I chased the animal, I chased it again, that figure of three parsos, which is you know, three to five miles, 12,000 amas. 12, I still didn't catch up to the tzvi, it, was, it got away. The, the coolest locosa, this thigh bone was still going on. I walked 12,000 amas inside the coolest, and it wasn't done. When I returned, I, I went back to civilization, to the normal world. You found the coolest that was so large, must be Og Melchabashan. Again, so according to these Midrashim, the Og was really, really tall. He wasn't just six amas tall, he was hundreds or thousands of amas tall. Just his thigh bone was, was already 12,000 amas. So the, he, was, he was thousands, tens of hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of amas tall. And so clearly, this, this is what the Mizrahi is saying. Rashi accepted these Midrashim that Og was really, really tall. It can't be that his bed was only nine amas, uh, nine, the amas of a regular person. That would make him about six amas or eight amas, and that's not nearly enough according to Chazal. Therefore, Rashi said, Amas ish, Amas Og, he, his bed was nine of his own Amas, and he was much, much taller. He was hundreds and thousands of Amas, or whatever it was. So, so we have Rashi following these Gemaras that say that Og was, Og was incredibly large, just way, way larger than a regular person. And we have the Rambam and Ibn Ezra saying that Og was a relatively normal person, twice the height of a normal person, but not, not crazy large. Other Midrashim also say, talk about how huge Og was, Midrash Rabbah, Dvarim Rabbah. It says that when Moshe got to the, the border of Edre, the city of Edre, so Moshe said, let's rest here overnight and we'll, we'll approach the city in the morning. When he wanted to enter Edre, he says, he, and he says he, he, couldn't, he couldn't see, he couldn't see Og, he couldn't see, he couldn't see what was going on exactly. Moshe looked up, he saw Og was sitting on the wall of the city and his feet reached the ground. Moshe couldn't discern exactly what he was looking at. He said, it looks like there's another wall they built here. I mean, the wall's over there, and now I see there's another, looks like another wall in front of the city. Overnight, they built a new wall. This wall wasn't here last night. Kosh said, Moshe, you're looking at Og. Rabbi Yochanan said his, his, his feet were 18 amas long. So that's kind of in between Rambam and Ibn Ezra and the other Midrashim, that it was 18 amas. It was a lot longer than his whole height was 6 or 8 amas. His, whole, his legs themselves were, uh, I'm not sure if leg means just the foot or the whole leg, 18 amas. Moshe became very afraid. He saw what, a, what an incredible giant Og was. He became very afraid. Moshe said, Hashem said, don't, don't be afraid of him. Again, it says Og picked up a mountain and tried to cast it on the Jews. Moshe took a rock and said the Shem of Mepharash, a different version of this, of this epic battle between 
Og and the people, and Moshe stopped his 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 rock with a, with a, with a, with a pebble on which was written on which uh, which he mentioned the Shem Mefarish, etc. Masechasofrim, another version, another discussion of Og. It says the, the pasuk says the pasuk in Yoshua. It says Chevron. It refers to Kiryas Arba. Ha'adam ha'gadol ba'nakim. Chevron is connected to Ha'adam ha'gadol ba'nakim. Who is Ha'adam ha'gadol ba'nakim? A man great among giants. Zechasel from the Midrash Darshans. Ha'gadol ha'yavram avinu, whose gavah yosher me'anakim. Avram was larger than giants. Avram was his height was was like seventy four people, and he the amount of food he ate was like seventy four people, and his strength was like seventy four people, etc. etc. Brings uh, Og. Og is Eliezer, according to this midrash. Og was Eliezer. Eliezer, the servant of Avram, was Og. Parsis Raglov were forty mil. Also, Og was a super giant, forty mil. His, his feet. It goes on like this. And so the so according to this Sofrim, Og was actually uh, Og was, was certainly a major giant, and Og was the was Eliezer. Pirkei Dribble, Eliezer as well. Brings this idea that Og was that Og was Eliezer. Balitosis have an interesting question. Balitosis say Balitosis say that the really Og was Og was Eliezer. Og was a Russia. Eliezer was a tzaddik. Og was killed by Moshe. Eliezer, according to one midrash, she was uh, went into Gan Eden, I think, alive. But just, what is all this about Og, Og is Eliezer? Says the, says the Balitosis, there were two Ogs. He says Og was like a hereditary title, like Paro, Melech maybe. There were two Ogs, he says. Eliezer was one Og, and the one who was killed by Moshe was a different Og, he says. When, when, when Eliezer became the king of Bashan, he became titled Og. Um, or when one of them became, became the king, when, became the king when, when, when someone became the king of Bashan, he became called Og. There's more than one Og. Eliezer is not the Og that Moshe killed. Okay. But anyway, so we have all these midrashim that Og was a Og was a major giant. I connect that we have Rambam and Ibn Ezra that Og was tall, twice the height of a person, but not that tall. Ralbag agrees to Rambam as well that uh, that, that Ralbag agrees. He says that Ralbag agrees to Rambam as well that the that the Og was twice the height of a person, but not hundreds and thousands of Amos tall. Chazal, he brings Chazal. Chazal did say that Og was much larger. Says the Ramban, they said it al tzara flog of haguzma. They said it in an exagger- as an exaggeration, as uh, as kind of a tall tale version of Og. But yesh uh, tall tale, yes, thank you. But yesh lampanim, the Chazal meant something deeper. Chazal meant something different from what the superficial their superficial words indicate, as he explains in his commentary to Brachos, which I believe we do not have. So we don't know exactly what he says. Ralbag, as he often does, acknowledges Chazal, but says Chazal didn't really mean what you think they mean. Chazal were not speaking literally. So he believes that even Chazal agreed that as a matter of actual fact, Og was not actually hundreds or thousands of Amas tall. We mentioned earlier the idea of the Mizrahi, that according to Rashi, Og's proportions were freakish. So that actually is found in Midrashic sources as well. In the Midrash Dvarim Zuta, quoted by the Yalkut Hamachiri, Amresh Lakish, Menuval Haya Og. Og was, was gross. He was gross again. Not, not gross as in big, but gross as in revolting. He was of freakish proportions. Even though he was mighty, but he is nine amas long, four amas wide. So 
He says he was almost half as wide as he was tall. He says a person is, a normal person is about a third, he says. A person is three amas tall and one amma wide. Uh, only a third. Oh, Gloria Cain, four to, four to nine, he says. He, he doesn't focus on the length of his arm, how his arms would have been short relative to that. He focuses on the fact that he was like a barrel. He was, uh, he was broad. Again, maybe the, the structure that you needed to support all that height had to be wider and had to be, uh, that, that's the, the Dvaram Zuta, the Akhla Machiri. Ramami Fano also discusses this. He also says that according to he says, it's, uh, he says that we, we, we don't want to say these dimensions are as they sound because Og would be a Balmum, Og would be, uh, Og would be either uh, that he says, Kamasr shall call Adam Anakonana, so Benini is, is, is uh, three of his own Amas. To say Og was eight or nine of his Amas, that, that sounds, or four if he stretches his arms out, he says, but to say Og was nine of his Amas, he says, I mean, if a person stretches out, stretches out, then he'll be a total of four of his own Amas. To say that Og was was uh, either his bed was just much longer than necessary, which is just weird to have a bed that was so long. I mean, we talk about king-sized beds. They're not usually three times as long as they have to be. They're wider. Why so long? Or you have to say that Og was, had very short limbs, he says, little stubby arms. Mizrahi says, yeah, that's what Rashi's telling you. But Ramami Fano says, Kipshuto, that, 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 doesn't, that doesn't sound right, he says. And also, it's circular, like Ibn Ezra says. Hey, we're not telling you how tall he was. The Torah is trying to give you useful information here. Therefore, he says, Amas Ish means ordinary Amas. However, he says, with one twist. He says, why does it say Amas Ish? Again, regular Amas, you don't have to specify Amas Ish. He says, a regular Amas is between the tip of the middle finger and the elbow. So that's, we said it, a foot and a half, two feet. Amas Ish means the Amas of a person all the way to the armpit, which is about tenfach. So he says, so Og, so Og was nine Amas, but nine, his bed was nine Amas, but nine of these very long Amas, nine of these tenfach Amas, 90 Tvachim, which is about which is about 15, 16 of the, of the normal Amas. He still was pretty tall. Um, this he says, the Pshutosh al-Mikra Nachun Again, not like Rashi, this is what he calls Pshutosh al This is really a third shot. Again, in between the, the shot of, of Rambam and Ibn Ezra, that his bed was only nine regular Amas tall, and Chazal, that are saying it was thousands, Og was hundreds and thousands of Amas tall, Rami Fano says he was nine, the bed was nine Amas, but nine of these longer Amas that were ten Fachim, so it will be about 15 or 16 normal Amas. Ramam was famous as a Makubal, but he also apparently liked learning Pshutosh Mikra, and he said this was Pshutosh Mikra. He brings the Midrashim, he says, Yerav Sichem Laozen Shamas, if you're interested in these Midrashim, if you have a proper ear and you can understand what Chazal is saying, they'll be pleasing to you, but we're not discussing the Midrashim. But even according to the Pshutosh Mikra, he says, Still, he says, don't forget, this bed of nine Amas, or 90 Tvachim, which is quite large, that's the bed of Og when he was a Katan, he says. Arisa Katana. Ramami Fano says, Arisa does not mean regular bed. Arisa means cradle. Apparently, in, in biblical Hebrew, in, in Hebrew in general, Arisa can mean one of two things. It can mean bed in general, like Arsenu Ranana in Shirashirim. In Tehillim, we say, Bedemasi Arsi Amse, and, and Eris Tavai, Eris Tavai, the sick bed. Eris does clearly sometimes mean regular bed of adults, like in Shirashirim and Tehillim. But sometimes, apparently, the word Eris means cradle. I'm not sure if in the, if in the Tanakh there's a clear indication of cradle, besides here, which is debated. But Ramami Fano understands Eris means cradle. That's why he doesn't say Mita, apparently. So his cradle was, was nine of these large Amas, 15, 16 Amas tall. So as a baby, his cradle was that large. Imagine how large his bed was as an adult. Okay. He goes on. He has other ideas about... Keep growing, or no, I, I, I assume he got a bigger bed when he, when he grew up. The Nativ, 
the Nitziv says in Hamek Davar, again, Eris means cradle, mitas katan mikri Eris. When Og was, so when Og was young, he says his cradle was already nine amas b'masiyashi. Masiyashi explains computer, it doesn't mean Og's amas, it means ordinary amas, meaning ordinary adult amas. Again, we asked if we asked on Ezra, if it's ordinary adult amas, why does it say amasiyashi? Why not just say regular amas, like the Mishkan? Mitziv says, because we're talking about Og as a, as a baby. So you might have thought of men baby Amos. The Torah says, no, even as a baby, even his heiress, even his cradle was, was nine Amas-ish, nine full-grown adult Amos. So, and certainly as an adult, he would have been much bigger. The, why are we talking about Og's cradle? So Rashbam says uh, something cute. Rashbam also says that heiress means cradle. Birchel, French, French word meaning cradle. Eris means cradle, he says. Why was his cradle made of iron, and why Dafka when he was a kid? So he says, when he was a child, uh, when, uh, he was very strong. When he would stretch out and you know, stretch out his limbs, he would smash his bed. If his bed was wood, he would just smash his cradle to pieces. He says, as an adult, an adult can control himself. An adult knows that if he's reckless with his bed, he won't have a bed anymore. So an adult, even if he's mighty as Og, is careful and doesn't break his bed. But Og, as a baby, didn't have that self-control. So as a baby, Dafka, his bed had to be iron to keep, it from, keep him from smashing it to bits. That's why he talks about his bed as a baby. His bed as a baby was iron. And then Siv says, his bed as a baby was nine amas. And then, like Rami Fano says, imagine how large his bed was as an adult. There is, a, there is another pshat. There is another pshat that Eretz apparently doesn't mean bed at all. Up till now, everyone translates Eretz as bed, whether bed or cradle. Bechar Shar, Rabbi Yossi Bechar Shar, one of the great Mepharshi pshat. Bechar Shar says, we're not talking about beds at all here. We're talking about strong points. Strongholds, fortified cities. Hinei arso eres barzel kilomar mivtar chazak kibarzel hayla bravas pnei amon. Og had a mighty fortified city in a fortress in ravas pnei amon. It was surrounded by a wall, strong as iron. Barzel, barzel is, meta, is a metaphor here. It means you know, it means uh, like we use steel to mean strong. It's, it's, he steals himself, so it, he, he had he had a mighty fortress with a wall as strong as iron. Nine Amas Arka, the wall was nine Amas tall. Arba Amas Rachba, the wall was four Amas thick. We're not talking about beds. We're, talk, we're not talking about Og's size. We're talking about the mighty fortifications around his city. He had a mighty fortified city with walls that were nine Amas tall and four Amas thick. He says the word Eris sometimes means uh, fortified city, not always bed. Brings the Pasuk in Amas, where, where, where he says... Uh, that uh, where he uses the word Eris and Damasek, and it means apparently a fortified city. Brings the Gemara, and it means city. Chetzkuni brings this pshat as well. That Eris Barzel means Krachu Migdal Mivzer. It brings a pasuk in Chetzkuni. Uh, often brings Bechar Shar. Here he brings him not by name, but uh, he says Eris here means city. It brings the the pasuk in Amos, the Gemara. Kolomar Mivzer Mukaf Cholma Chazaka Kebarzel. He had a fortress surrounded by a wall as strong. As iron. This is what I think Bukhar Shar and Chizkuni are saying that, that, that Eris here does not mean bed, it means fortified city. I saw in the translation of the Chizkuni on Sepharia, they translate the Pasuk says, Hine Arso Eris Barzel, behold, his bedstead was a bedstead made of iron. This, not need be, this, not, this need not be understood literally. It means that the materials used in constructing Og's bedstead were as sturdy as if they had been made out of strong metal. Bukhar Shar. They seem to think that Chizkuni and Bukhar Sharmin, there is a bed, but it's a metaphorical description of a bed. It means his bed was made out of strong materials like a city. 
I don't even use the word city. This seems to be a complete misreading of Bukhar Shar and Cheskuni. The way, what I think they're saying, I think it's clear they're saying we're not talking about a bed at all, we're talking about a city. They seem to think that we're describing his bed by using metaphors of city. I'll call upon him, this is a different shot, that, that, at least certainly the way I understand it, that the coin to Bukhar Shar and Cheskuni, we're not discussing it. We're not discussing Og's personal stature, we're not discussing his bed, we're discussing a mighty city that he had in Rabbis Ammon. And this mighty city was this mighty city was the was surrounded by a wall as strong, as impregnable as iron. The wall was nine amas tall and four amas wide.